seated. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 4, says, Because of his great love and his mercy, he has moved us from death to life, even though we were dead in our sins and trespasses. So we have reason to celebrate this morning. And so I want to welcome you to First Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We would love to get to know you. And one of the ways that we do that is through the guest registration card that's located in front of you. If you could just take one of those out and fill it out for us. After the service, if you take it by the Welcome Center to the left, we have a small gift for you coming and being a part of our worship service this morning. And so we want to continue to worship, but let's take a moment to pray and invite God to meet with us this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for your goodness. And God, just as we have sung, it's because of your love that we celebrate this morning, because you took our place on the cross, God. You died, were buried, and rose again. The Father, we celebrate this morning. So I thank you for this great truth. I thank you for all that you're going to do this morning and how you're going to speak to us, Lord. And so, Father, we open our hearts to receive what you have. We thank you for it all in Jesus' good name. Amen. Will you stand and let's sing together. Oh, praise the name.
So, Lord, this morning we pray that our offering of praise has found a, a warm home in your heart, Lord, a place that, uh, that puts a smile on your face, Lord, that pleases you. Lord, I pray this morning as, you, as we come into this place, we pray that you'll fill us with your Holy Spirit to hear and know the truths that you speak. I pray for Dr. Cox as he brings the message. I pray for the Lord's Supper as we partake. Lord, I ask you to just show us what we need to know. Lead us in the directions we need to go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to worship with you today. Great songs we've just sung. Glad you're here today. This morning we celebrate the Lord's Supper. This is one of two symbolic acts of worship that Jesus has commanded us to observe. The first is baptism. Baptism is what you do at the beginning of your Christian life. It's the way you show that you've accepted God's gift of grace of salvation through your personal faith. It's identifying with Christ. And so usually you're baptized once at the beginning of your Christian walk. Last Sunday evening, we had the privilege of baptizing nine people into Christ and into our church at our lake baptism. What a great joy that was. The second symbolic ordinance or command that Jesus has given us is to engage in the Lord's Supper. So baptism is initiating a covenant relationship with God, accepting his offer of grace by our faith. The Lord's Supper is renewing that covenant relationship with God. So it's something that you do 
repeatedly throughout your Christian life as we remember what Jesus has done for us and pledge ourselves afresh to follow him. And so today we come to this covenant renewal. Those of us who are already followers of Christ and have been baptized are coming to renew our relationship with him. This is a really appropriate time for us to do this. It's sort of a new beginning. The beginning of the school year starts this week. And some of you guys are going to high school or middle school. Some of you will be in a few weeks going to college. You're determining afresh who you will be. And this is a a great time for you to recommit yourself to be a follower of Jesus Christ and the choices you're going to make. We begin a new church year Sunday. And so after the summer, uh, this is a time for us to recommit ourselves to the work of Christ and to the worship of, of God. So it's a time for us to think about where we are in our relationship with God and renew that commitment. To help us to do that and help us to think about that, I want us to look at a covenant renewal ceremony in the Old Testament. You know, your Bible has two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament, or the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. We're under the New Covenant, but we can learn some things, some principles from the Old Covenant. So I want to share with you this morning a covenant renewal ceremony in Deuteronomy chapters 27 through 30, and we'll see how that helps us to understand what we're doing here today in our covenant renewal. So Deuteronomy Uh, contains the farewell sermons of Moses. The children of Israel are camped on the plains of Moab, about to go into the promised land. Moses knows that he will die. God has told him he will not go into the promised land. So he's giving them a final charge. He's reviewing the law, and he's encouraging them to renew the covenant. They had made the covenant 40 years earlier at Mount Sinai when God had given them the law. They had accepted to follow him. But now this has been 40 years, and all of those people over age 20 are dead. This is a new generation that's come up. These people were teenagers, or they were children, or they were not even born when the covenant was made. And so now Moses is calling them to own this for themselves. Let me say a word to you kids and to you college students. There comes a time when you have to own the faith for yourself. Your parents may have brought you to church, uh, or you may have come on your own, but now is the time as you, you're going to have to own that faith. Is this who I am? Do I renew this covenant? And so that's sort of what was happening here with these people. And so uh, when we summarize what Moses said, we'll look at some verses. Moses told them, when you cross over the Jordan and go into the promised land, I want you first to go to Shechem. And Shechem was the place where God had appeared to Abraham 400 years earlier and said, I'm going to give you this land to your descendants one day. And and Abraham had built an altar there. So Shechem was that important place. He said, go to Shechem, where Abram first went. And he said, there are two mountains there, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And so on the plain where Shechem is, about 800 feet rising are these hills or mountains on each side. One Mount Ebal on one side, one Mount Gerizim on the other. And he said, I want you to go there and I want six of the 12 tribes to go up the slopes of Mount Ebal. And... and six of the twelve tribes to go up the slopes of Mount Gerizim. And there we're going to pronounce the blessings if you don't follow God, the curses if you don't follow God, and the blessings if you do. Let me read it to you in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 12. 
When you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. Wouldn't that be a sight? You know, sort of like if you've ever been to a stadium where one part of the stadium says one thing and the other part of the stadium answers. Well, here you've got these 12 tribes, each one's, one on each side. And, and what Moses is wanting to emphasize with these two mountains and this division, you've got two choices about how you live. Are you going to follow God's way or are you going to follow your own way? And so he calls them to do this. And first of all, the, the, the half who are on Mount Ebal tell the actions that will bring God's curse. I'd really rather have been on the Blessing Mountain. Wouldn't you have really rather been on the Blessing Mountain than the, than the Cursing Mountain? But anyway, half of them are on the Mountain of Curse. And I'll just read to you. They're in chapter 27. I'm not going to read them all. But here are a few of the actions that will bring God's curse. Uh, verse 15, chapter 27. Cursed is anyone who makes an idol, a thing detestable to the Lord, the work of skilled hands, and sets it up in secret. Then all the people shall say, Amen. So one of the Levites is pronouncing the curse. Cursed is anyone who sets up an idol. And the half on Mount Ebal say, Amen. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, next, then verse 16. Cursed is anyone who dishonors their father or mother. And then all the people say, Amen. Verse 19, I'm just picking out some of these. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And all the people shall say, Amen. The last one, verse 26. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. And all the people shall say, Amen. And then in chapter 28, he tells what the curses are. Those are the actions that will bring a curse. Here's what some of the curses are. It's a whole half a chapter. I'll read you just a couple. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, I think there's a lot of confusion today. And you know that God says one of the curses of disobedience is confusion. Did you know that? I'll send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke, and everything you put your hand to until you're destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you've done in forsaking him. The Lord will plague you with diseases until he has destroyed you from the land you're entering to possess. And on and on it goes with these curses. And then on Mount Gerizim, they pronounce the blessings, the law that had been given at Sinai that is reviewed. And then here are the, what the blessings will be if they follow that law. Again, I'm just reading you a couple of these from Deuteronomy 28, verse 7 and 8. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise against you will be defeated before you. They'll come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven Verse 8, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. Verse 12, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. You'll lend to many nations but will borrow from none. And then I like this verse. Listen to verse 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Don't you like that? I, don't you want to be the head and not the tail? Why don't you follow the way of God so you can be the head and not the tail? And then he says, uh, in the latter part of the verse, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you'll always be at the top, never at the bottom. I, I just like that. The way of God is a way of blessing for you. Yes, there's suffering. Yes, there's the trials that all people have. But there is blessing in following God. So 
I give you the end of the sermon. It's all these three chapters. I'm just reading parts of it. I want to read to you what I think is the climax. It's sort of like when I give an invitation and present to you a choice. Then here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm going to read nine verses, verse 11 through 19. This is the climax where he says, there's two choices that I'm setting before you here today. And you've got to choose your way or God's way. Let me read it to you. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven that you have to ask who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. He's saying I'm not asking you something beyond your ability. No, verse 14, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. It's right there at your heart, right on the tip of your tongue. See, I set before you today, verse 15, life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk with obedience to him, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws, that you'll live and increase, and that the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're in to possess. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you today, this day that you'll certainly be destroyed. You'll not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Verse 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. What a powerful invitation. There's a binary choice. God's way or our way. And he, he says the way of God is life. Choose life. I want to show you a picture that I took uh, this spring. Cindy and I were on uh, vacation in Arizona. and We were in the Salt River Canyon. And uh, th this was a trail that went down from the lip of the canyon down to the Salt River. A beautiful place. And there was a an established trail uh, that switched back down a canyon sort of took you away from the from the view of the river but a safe trail but then there was a trail that people had tried to make going right over the lip of the of the the canyon and it was dangerous and you it was a shorter and you could see the river as you went down but it was dangerous and so somebody has put up these two signs at this fork in the trail it doesn't look official I don't know who did it but if you can read them it says live or die. And, and it's trying to emphasize to you this trail, it, it, it's going to be longer, you don't see that you're going sort of away from it, but you go this trail, and you, it's safe and you can get down there. Or you can go this way and you're going to die. I mean, there's, there's your choice. This is exactly what we have in Deuteronomy 30 right here. God is saying to you, I've got a path for you to follow. In this new year, at school, at high school, as you go to college, in your work, I've got a path for you. It's not the easiest, it's not the shortest, but it's the path of life. Or you can choose your way that you think's a shortcut, and you're going to die. That's the choice said. And, and, and the Bible sets before us, our choice is, is very important. How are you going to choose how you live in this coming year? Now, let's connect this to the New Covenant. Let's go to the New Testament now and see how... how I want to share with you two places in the New Testament where these verses that I've just read to you are quoted in the New Testament that we can apply it to what we're doing here today. First of all is in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. 
And in Galatians 3.10, Paul quotes one of the curses that I just read to you that the Levi on Mount Ebal would have called out to the people. Galatians 3.10, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written, and here he quotes Deuteronomy 27.26 that I read to you earlier, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Here's the bad news for you today. Every one of us chose the die path. Every one of us has chosen our way instead of God's way, and so we're all under a curse. That's the bad news. You chose the wrong path. Here's the good news, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, and he quotes another verse from Deuteronomy that we didn't read, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree or a pole. And so Christ took the curse on us. Every one of us chose the old, old wrong way. We're under the curse of Deuteronomy 27 through 30. The good news is Jesus died in your place on the cross, became a curse for you so that you would receive the blessing of heaven instead of the curse. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that you've chosen the wrong way, you get a do-over and you can choose again today to follow Christ and experience blessing. What a wonderful opportunity today. Maybe you haven't been baptized. You're not going to be taking the Lord's Supper. At the end of our service today, you can come forward and say, I choose to follow Jesus. I'll be baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now let me read to you one more place where uh, this is quoted in the New Testament, from these verses in Deuteronomy, it's Romans 10, verse 8. And Paul writes, But what does it say? That is, what does the, the Old Testament, what does the Bible say? What does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. You remember that from Deuteronomy? That is the message concerning faith we proclaim. And he applies it in verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I shared that verse last week. Well, verse 8, he's saying there's still a choice under the new covenant. Uh, you were under that curse. Christ died for you. You still got to make a choice, though. And it's as near you as your heart and your mouth. Will you choose today life over death? Will you renew that covenant relationship with him? And so today, I want to call you to do that. If you have your worship folder, your worship bulletin, uh, there are a list of commitments that I'm in encouraging you to consider today as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. If you don't have your worship bulletin, I'm going to read them to you. If you're watching with us online, I'll read them to you, and uh, you can make them in your heart. But I think there's going to be value for you if you have that bulletin if you'll put a check mark there, if you'll on paper um, nail down these commitments. Number one, I want to turn from my sin. The things that bring curse are what God labels sin. And so as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper, the first thing I want to challenge you to do is to write down what you're repenting of. I, believe, I don't believe that uh, uh, vague repentance is of a lot of value. I believe specific commitment is of a lot of value. What is there in your life right now as we come to this covenant renewal that God would convict you of is a wrong thought, a wrong attitude, a wrong action, a wrong priority, a wrong conversation, a wrong relationship. You need to repent of that. You need to turn from that. You say, I don't want to write that down. Well, you write some code words or something there. You write something down if God is speaking to you. And if you're good with him, you don't have to write anything down there. 
But I'm saying to you, if there's anything that the Spirit brings to your mind right now, then uh, this is that choice before us. And I want to encourage you right now to repent of that, or you'll have time as we're passing out the elements. You could do this. Second, I'm calling you today to recommit yourself to be involved in First Baptist Church. And maybe, uh, maybe you've sort of, uh, the pandemic, the summer, life, you've not, been, uh, uh, you've not been faithful in that commitment. Today as we be in a new church here, I'm going to ask you to recommit yourself to Sunday worship. And then there's a second one there, Sunday, a Sunday connection group, because our plan of discipleship is we gather for worship in a large group, we gather in a small group to, to share life together, to minister to one another, to pray for one another, to learn together. You need both of those in your life. And so maybe you had not been in a connection group before. Maybe you're watching at home online for the first time. That's the way a lot of people get used to a church, first of all. So I'm going to encourage you next Sunday to come in person and to come to a connection group. If you haven't ever been, it'll be new, some new leaders, be some new groups, a great time to get started. Somebody at the Welcome Center will help you. And then third, I'm going to challenge you to be a part of Wednesday night prayer and discipleship. So this Wednesday, there'll be no church-wide activity on Wednesday night. We have several meetings that Tim will tell you about later, uh, but there'll be no. And then the following Wednesday on the 10th begins our prayer meeting, begins introductions class that I'll be leading, begins a slate of uh, CDP classes. That's our discipleship plan. And maybe you haven't been on Wednesday night. Maybe you'll take that next step. Say, I'm going to come and pray. I'm going to come and learn and grow. Would this be your commitment there? The next one is, I give a tithe of my income to God through First Baptist Church. So as you give with your presence, we, we honor God with the first fruits of our money. And maybe you've never been a tither before. You, you've never uh, given a tenth of your income to God. And maybe as we begin a new church here, as we take the Lord's Supper today, God would say to you, this is a part of your discipleship that is missing. And you've not honored me in every part of your life. You've honored me in some ways, but you've not honored me with your money, with the fruits of your labor. And, uh, and today, you'd say, with God's help, I'm going to do that. Now, I know these are uncertain economic times in order in, at a time to make that. You say, well, is this a good time when we got record inflation and it, I had to mortgage my house to buy gas at the gas pump? Is this a good time? Let me tell you, I believe the, the first thing that you do uh, with your money, to get your money straight, is you honor God. And it may be that you have uh, you've sort of slacked off on that. You know, in the last two months in our church, we've been far above budget for uh, 10 out of our 12 months. Far above our budget. Last two months, we've been below budget. I think it coincides when gas got so high and inflation has gone so high, and, and maybe we've sort of backed off of some of our uh, commitment uh, to God there. And uh, I understand that. Man, it, it's, it's just sort of tough right now. You've got to stretch dollars farther than you ever have before. But I just want to say to you, I never believe a successful financial plan begins by cutting out God. I never believe a successful financial recovery begins by cheating God. That's just not the way you're going to improve your financial situation. Would you recommit yourself today? I give a tithe of my income to God through First Baptist Church. And then I want to ask you about a home commitment. I don't know what you do in your home, but I'm going to ask you if you have children with your children or if you're a single person by yourself, I'll pray or read my Bible. You can circle both or one or whatever you'll make daily in my home. 
that you'll bring that this thing of following Christ will not be a once a week thing in this room but that you in your daily life will bring God into your life and honor him and I'll seek him through his word and prayer daily in my life maybe you've never done that or maybe you've gotten away from that and this covenant renewal is a time to do that and then there's a place to put I'll serve God in some way because Following Christ is not all about what you get and he helps me. It's about giving and you need to serve in some way. You need to minister in an for, informal or formal way. And the choir starts back Wednesday night. That's one of the things to start. You can sing in the choir. You, you can work through your connection group. You can help a mission trip. God's calling you some way, at work or church, to, that you minister. What are you doing? What's he calling you? That's going to have to be a, an individual one there. You're going to write something in, whatever he's calling you about. You have time to think about that. And then there's a place to put other. Because I know that these are sort of external, and I know you can come to church and tithe and even read your Bible and still be away from God. It's got to be the, a change of your heart. And so maybe God's saying to you something else that you need to make a commitment in this time. And this is a time to renew your covenant with God. What's he saying to you that you need to do? We stand before two mountains. Mount Ebal, Mount Gerizim. Stand before two choices, to live or to die. And with the passion that Moses said it before them as he was about to die, he said, oh, I just want for you future generations the blessing that God would give Choose life. And I would say to you, you come to another fork in the path in your life, and God's way is the best way for you and for me. Would you commit or recommit yourself today to choose blessing and to choose life? So I'm going to invite you while they're passing out the elements in a moment to spend some time thinking about what I've just shared with you and making any commitments God leads you to make. Let's pray together as I pray. Those deacons who are going to serve the Lord's Supper are going to come and gather here. If you're a guest with us, if you're a baptized believer in Jesus, and you're from another church, another denomination, we welcome you uh, to the Lord's table and to share with us in this time. And uh, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you that you have set before us a way that will lead to life and to blessing, even though we've chosen the way that leads to cursing. And oh God, we thank you that Jesus redeemed us from the curse by his blood. Lord, we want to choose life. So right now as we gather, we want to confess our sin and have our sin covered by the blood of Jesus. And in these moments, we want to draw near to you and renew this wonderful covenant relationship that you have with us. In the name of Jesus, whose body and whose blood we celebrate today, I pray, amen. When Jesus took the bread, gave it to his disciples. We're going to pass out a piece of bread. I'm going to invite you to just hold it after you've received it until everyone is served. And then I'll give you a signal and we'll eat it together.
you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for us. Lord Jesus, uh, right now some people are making commitments, commitments of their life that, to you, and I just want to pray that you'll seal these, and that Lord, as we uh, make these commitments to you, you'll give us the strength by your Holy Spirit to carry them out. We love you. We thank you that you've done everything to save us. In gratitude, we commit our lives to live for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. One final invitation, if you don't have a covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you're not sure your destiny is heaven, you're not sure that you know God, the Bible says the word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart that if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I want to invite you to stand together with me right now and we're going to give an opportunity to respond publicly. Uh, to receive Christ as Savior, to be baptized, to join our church, to pray about anything in your life. Uh, you come if God speaks to your heart.
just a couple of announcements here. We want to direct your attention to the worship guide. This next week's kind of a, a busy week. You guys can grab a seat here for just a moment. We have uh, a lot of new things beginning back up, and, and our summer schedule has come to an end. And so just want to uh, direct your attention to the guide and some of the things that are going to be uh, beginning next Sunday. Next Sunday is our launch Sunday. That's when uh, all the, the children, all the students transition up to their new classes and, and begin in their new grade, of their, their current grade that they're beginning this school year here. Uh, the students, man, they're just excited. They can't wait for school tomorrow. I just had some students tell me they just can't wait to, to learn, and they're just, they they're just can't hardly sleep tonight for school starting tomorrow. And uh, because of that, launch Sunday, they'll be transitioning to their new grade next Sunday, as well as the children. And, and we also have new classes starting, and so maybe, uh, maybe you're, you've not been involved in a connection group. This is a great time to get started. There's some new classes starting. There's um, new hours. We've got a couple of new classes starting at 11 a.m. now, and so uh, please look into that and, and find a connection group to be involved in and get your, get your children and get your students involved in a connection group as well. And so that begins next Sunday uh, on launch Sunday. This Wednesday night, um, we do not have our normal regular activities. They will begin after launch Sunday. That's also when all the new teachers begin. They begin teaching their new classes and, and, and Wednesday night classes and, and such. And so this Wednesday, things are a little bit different. Uh, our choir is going to be starting back. Todd, is there anything you want to mention with choir starting back at 6? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah, so this Wednesday, we're starting back choir. We've been off for almost two months, and uh, we're excited about that. I, we can fit comfortably 36 people in the choir loft. That's 36 chairs. So next Sunday is our launch Sunday, as he said. Let's, let's fill those chairs. And I know sometimes we kind of trickle in. You know, it's like, oh, you know, in about a month we'll get everybody back. But let's make a commitment to be back Wednesday night. We're, we're going to focus on getting ready for Sunday. And if you've ever thought about trying the choir, this is a great time to do it. Come on out, uh, and we'd love to have you. So in the choir room downstairs at 6 o'clock. Perfect. So there you go. And the only other thing that we have on Wednesday is we have an incoming sixth graders meeting. And so as these students are transitioning into middle school, Man, I want to make sure that the transition into student ministry here in our church is smooth, that parents feel informed, students know what to expect. So we've got a meeting. Um, I'm even going to feed you. So uh, come out. There's a whole family, and so I just need to know those numbers so we know That's how much to food to have I'll prepared. And uh, um, Todd will thankfully be in choir practice at that time. And uh, we're praying as he's getting prepared for launch Sunday. And... We will be getting the students ready for this upcoming year. And so if, you're, if you've got a sixth grader that's going to be transitioning into sixth grade uh, starting you know, this week or whatever, um, please, we'd love to have you be a part of that meeting. As, as is our tra uh, tradition, we, um, on the Sundays that we have supper, we also uh, have a benevolence offering. And so as we exit this morning, we'll be uh, back there, and, and uh, they will uh, collect a benevolence offering. For again, this just goes to, to help uh, folks here within our church family, maybe an unexpected financial that arises or something that comes up or a medical bill. And so this just allows us as a church family to be able to help uh, each, each other out. And so um, that'll be available as you're exiting uh, the worship center as well. All right, let me close this out in prayer. And then again, we want to invite you to be a part of a connection group uh, even this morning. Father in heaven, we just thank you 
uh, for today. And we thank you for this time to just be able to, to recommit our lives to you and to recommit our, our lives to uh, growing in our faith and, and focusing our hearts and our minds, uh, attention on you. And Father, I pray uh, that as this, um, this new school year starts, it's kind of a new starting point for, for a lot of folks. And so, Lord, I just pray today that we can just get our hearts and our minds prepared to focus on you and make you the priority this year um, as we begin this new school year. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, uh, the goodness that you show us in our lives. And we just pray, Lord, that we live in such a way that honors you and brings glory to you and points other people to you. God, it's in your sons and we pray. Amen.